Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that wherever you are, there is some beautiful moments that are alighting on your lives and that you, in effect, you know, as that old poem says, take a moment to smell the roses that are out there, to see really that life is certainly worth living and there are so many beautiful and magical moments awaiting for each of us and it really is a time to be grateful also and I think once we are grateful for our life, for the people in our life, it is really like seeing a glimpse of heaven and joy because we sometimes forget how lucky we are. Now, I am certainly very lucky, and I'm very honoured and delighted to welcome my guest today, who is the wonderful comedian Lenny Windsor. Lenny has been a natural performer since a very early age, performing as a bass player in his father's big band. And Lenny discovered his real love then and talent for comedy at the age of 16. Playing the usual circuit, such as pubs and clubs, Lenny was finally given his big break in Britain when he appeared in shows such as Granada TV's The Comedians, the BBC's Summertime Special, That's Rich, The Oxford Show, and London Weekend Television's Knees Up. Before the comedian Benny Hill's death, Lenny was a writer for him, dealing with Benny on a one-to-one basis and supplying both routines, sketches and jokes for this worldwide star. Lenny has appeared at no less than two command performances and has entertained at Her Majesty the Queen's home at Windsor Great Park. He has also appeared at every major theatre in the UK. Lenny has appeared with great acts such as Gloria Gaynor, Roy Orbison, Carol Lawrence, The Supremes, Johnny Mathis, The Temptations, amongst many other world-class singers and acts. He regularly appears in America, recently in Las Vegas, appearing with Mr. Vegas himself, George Wallace, and appearing in the new reality TV show, Inspecting Vegas. Today, he shares his charm and his amazing life story. Welcome, dear Lenny. Hi, thank you. You put that so right. I can't believe you're talking about me. <laughs> it, you, anyone would think you're a superstar. Yeah, exactly. I should be. But you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm a legend in my own mind. Dear. <laughs> and in your own right. And in your well, own thank right. You. Thank you so much. Thanks. Oh, how are you? How are you, dear Lenny? I'm good. I'm extremely good. Um, um, I told you earlier on, yeah, I'm 75 and I'm, you know, on Facebook, I'm 15. But I'm, <laughs> sem- I'm 75 and um, I became a fitter uh, in my, um, uh, uh, about a year ago, well, in the lockdown. Uh, yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, we, we both belong to a gym and we started going to the gym but uh, 16 years ago, but we never took it seriously. And about a year ago, we did take it seriously. For some reason, we started to plow in there and do great stuff for ourselves. 
And uh, we're doing, I don't know, 15,000 steps every single day. And uh, we're raising money for the ambulance service. And, uh, and that's that's what we're doing. We're doing this this health kick at 75. Isn't that brilliant? I think that's absolutely amazing. And you were telling me that both um, your wife and yourself have electric bikes that you go on for how yeah. many miles was it that you were well, saying yesterday yesterday uh, we were on our we went to the gym in the morning and uh, that we, we did our ten thousand steps in the morning and then what we do is we go back to the gym in the evening to make up the 50 the the five thousand to make it fifty thousand a day but yesterday we got up and we went to the gym and after the gym we went on a oh, about 20 mile bike ride and oh my goodness i mean is this a regular thing lenny do you do this every day every day oh my goodness i am just tired from listening to that i you know, know that. but we have other things you know uh, victoria uh, is on lockdown too you know because uh, because of the situation we're in and she's a teacher and um she oh, has okay. not she's not taught uh, for for 19 months because well she doesn't think it's safe for a start and I know why. So, you know, that's it. But we have another uh, side, you know, we have a, uh, a, a wedding car company and we've got some spectacular cars. And, yes, tell uh, us about that, because I, well, I know that you have a lot of very beautiful cars. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my, my son and I, well, my three sons and I, but my main, my eldest son and I, and uh, uh, we have this um, a wedding company, a Windsor Carriage Company. And um, it's we got classic motorcars. We got three a new Phantom Rolls Royces, uh, three Ferraris, um, three Teslas, a Range Rover, and a Defender. And these cars are uh, well, they weren't busy, of course. We we took it on the chin for the whole nineteen eighteen months, but now we're busy. We're you know people want to get married again. You know, you're getting um, yeah, you're getting the business back up again. And do you just yes. do weddings or do you do different sort of um, events? No, we do just weddings, really. Uh, we mm. might do a prom now and again. We're not licensed to do a prom, but we might do it as a favour to somebody, you know, for free. Uh, but they can, they will only be very close to us for us to do that. But our wedding company is, is really, really doing well. And we've been 15 years doing that now. And uh, we have for this... Um, we, we've got this... Um, I don't know, really. I'm, I'm prostituting myself, really, by telling the people uh, who are getting married, would you like Lenny Windsor from the Benny Hill show to drive you on your wedding day? And, and they go, yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. And here I am. Red nose and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't. I don't tell them jokes and stuff, but I do make them happy. You know, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> now, are you so, driving them? Are you driving the... Um couple yes. the happy couple you are yeah not not all of them i mean like on saturday we had five weddings i couldn't do them all we could only do one um yeah. so but when we had five weddings it was wonderful they all had a great time uh, the five weddings went well but they always do go well i've got a great job usually i i, I work with i only deal with people that's happy yeah um, in weddings they're all happy in my shows generally they're all happy you know so it's a great it's a great world it must be a great world. And I have to say to the listeners out there, um, Lenny really has done so much and he has performed all over the world with world-class acts. He is a world-class act. Tell us a little bit, Lenny, how this all began, because it is like a charmed life in a way. Yeah, it is. You're quite right. I mean, like most of the people that I know in show business, we hated school. I hated school. Mm. I went to a secondary school. I did all my learning when I left because I was always like a village idiot. I was always the class clown. Um, I, I was very good for teachers. I was very disruptive. I just wanted to be funny. So I was being funny when I was at school, which um, pleased all the other kids, but not my teacher. Um, and, and that was the sad part about it. I didn't I wasn't clever enough to realize that I was screwing my life up. So when I left school, I thought, oh, my God, I didn't learn anything. So I started to learn stuff when I left school. But 
it was in, in me, in me, you say, I had to, had to be this funny man. But I lived in a prefabricated house built by the German prisoner of war. And mum and dad were, oh, my God, they were the kindest people in the world. Uh, they knew, they knew my, 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 my life was cut out for something unusual, really. Mm. And, and that, that's really, I, went, I played in my dad's dance band. And um, one evening, this, this guy came in and took his guitar out. And he was the cabaret. And he played his guitar for half an hour and he went home and, and I was in the band doing seven nights a week with dad. And this guy with the guitar earned as much as I earned in a week in one night. I thought, I'm doing the wrong job here. So I went on the road. I went on the road uh, as a comedian and I had a horrendous time. I couldn't afford accommodation, so I slept in my car for about eight or nine years. Um, it was dreadful. It was so bad. I met some great people, though. I met the, 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 the biggest star in the world at the time was um, David Whitfield. And uh, I, I worked with David and, uh, in Liverpool. It was my first ever professional gig. And when I got there, the boss saw my show and then fired me. And, and, and I had to go home. And David, who I had never met, said, no, the lad stays. He's just starting off. The lad stays. And the boss of the club and David had a massive row. And David was a ginormous star. You know, it was like Beatlemania around David Whitfield. And uh, he he... He said, no, the lad stays, or you'll get another David Whitfield and it won't be me. And he stood there on the line for me. And I, I worked with David for a week, and every night I died. I, it was horrible. But we became friends until he died. Uh, and I learned so much from David. And after that, I actually went away uh, and, and started to build on my show. I, I was learning through David. But that's, that's it, really. And did you feel it? Did you know, Lenny, that this is something that was, you know, in a way, your vocation in life, that you were going to be a comedian? Was it something that was instantly revealed to you that this was the love that you wanted to do in your life? Well, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was always interested in uh, in, the, in the black and white days of television, because that's all we had. We only had two or three channels. And, but I would look forward to Sunday night at the London Palladium and, and watching George Formby, because I play ukulele, I play a couple of instruments. And I used to watch George Formby and I thought, oh my God, you know, this is amazing. And I was into seeing other acts, and you know, like, you know, major stars really and, and I was always interested in that world and at the time I didn't think for one minute I was going to do that because there is no room for uh, somebody living in a prefabricated house in a on, a on a council estate to go off yeah well put it away. I was at home one day and my elder brother came in and he had a single and it was Anthony Newley uh, and I think it was what kind of fool am I the song Oh. What chance had I in my life of ever meeting Anthony Newley coming from a prefabricated house? Well, let me tell you, mm. not only did I meet him, but he was my best friend for 11 years. And my goodness. I know, I know. How could that possibly have happened to me? There was no. And he room. is the ex husband, wasn't he? One of. He had of, many Joan ones, of Joan Collins, yes, yeah. I remember. Yeah, and I met his family. I remember, I think Joan came in to see our show in Miami, and, uh, and she had a couple of the kids with her. And, uh, and we did it, would you believe, we did a, 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 a synagogue, a Jewish synagogue. And, and they were all worried that my humour wouldn't go down well. And the rabbi came to me and said, don't you worry about these people. They said, once they see me laughing, you'll win. You're in. And I said, bless your heart. And that's what happened. He was laughing away at me and, and all the crowd loved it because he loved it. You know, so that, yeah. But, you, but you were given the sign of approval. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you, you don't have comedians in, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a Jewish synagogue, really. 
But yeah. Anthony was wonderful. Uh, I had a great time with him. Victoria and I used to go to his home for tea, afternoon tea. He lived in Esher, but he lived in Vegas for years. Uh, I didn't know him in Vegas, but it was Anthony that said to me, your forte is in America, Lenny. And he was right. He was right. So, he, uh, you know, I listened to him. We do work together in America. And, um, yeah, yeah, just just great stuff. What dream that was. My brother had the record and um, I got his friendship. And how did that happen? How did you, because you got, you say that you got your big break um, in the UK when you appeared um, on the Granada TV show, The Comedians. Is that the first sort of, I no, suppose. it wasn't. It, it wasn't because the comedians, I wasn't mm. a rank winner on the comedians. I was just oh, on it. I was okay. just on it. Mm-hmm. I was, a, again, you know, I was a rank outsider. Johnny Hamp, who's still alive, the executive producer of the show, he still favours and favours strongly the people that he found that made he made famous on the comedians. I wasn't one of them. Uh, John, John, Johnny Hamp is wonderful and I love him. But I wasn't his favourite. I was just lucky enough to be on the show. I wasn't on every week. I was just on the show occasionally. Uh-huh. But some of, some of the comedians were on it every week. Bernard Manning and George Rover and, and, and Charlie, Charlie Williams. And these people were on every single week. They were favourites. They were favourites. I wasn't a favourite. But then I, after the comedians, I got, I got offered uh, Search for a Star, uh, the talent show. And I turned it down. I thought, no, I've just done the comedians. I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, a talent show? God, too big for that. And, of course, I wasn't. <laughs> after, after a year with nothing coming really from the comedians, because I wasn't big enough, um, uh, I was offered again, Search for a Star. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So, um, really, that that was the, the name name for me. I... I went to do Search for a Star. I won the first week. And one week later, I won everything. And I beat Joe Longford. Uh, and that really was something very big. In fact, uh, I'm in Joe's biography. Uh, that, Are you? Know, you? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was very kind of him to do that. But I beat Joe Longford on the show. And uh, from there, I got my own television special, which was at Blazers Nightclub at Windsor. Mm-hmm. And from there, I got the Cup Price Comedy Show on Channel 4. I got all my televisions from that one. Ah, okay. So that was really sort of, you know, a moment where everything clicks into place. Yes. Mm. But, it, you know, you, you still have to plow on it. Uh, yeah. Just plow on, plow on, plow on. and. It's only in recent years I've I decided uh, no I don't want to do that I'm going to be super selective, and uh, and just do what I really want to do, and I have done that. I've really done that for the last maybe 10, 12 years. I have uh, not taken uh, taken a gig that I thought would be suspect, um, so I wouldn't do them. And if the conditions aren't right for me, now I'm not going to do them, and it it's paid off. Yeah, um, but yeah. You can only do that if you can afford to do it. True, but uh, also you are in a position that you can do that. And I think that's rather wonderful. And it must feel uh, also rather lovely that you're able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I was a Roy Hud for a while. And Roy, uh, bless his heart, he's he's pastor. And and Roy was a wonderful man. And he once said to me, he was at my home for dinner one night. We were together in Torquay. And he said, uh, do you do anything for charity, Lenny? I said, no, I don't, actually. He said, well, you know, find a charity, you know, children's home or something and do something. And, and, you know, he was really telling me off because I hadn't done it. I was still pretty young. Um, And I did. I went to, uh, uh, to uh, I, I got a, 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 a directory out and stuck a pin in a, a half a dozen of these uh, near, or they're all together on the, uh, in the book. And I stuck a pin in it. One came up with Southfield um, a Children's Home. And I went to see them. And I said, I can raise you some money if you want, and we'll get what you're short of. And I stayed with them for years until it was closed down by the council. And, and I felt great for that. And I felt yeah. really, really good for it. I never mentioned it uh, until maybe now. And uh, 
because it, it was something I wasn't selling. I didn't want to sell it. I just wanted yeah. to do it. You know? yeah. There's so many Thanks. people out there, oh, I do this for charity. I do that for charity. Um, well, okay. But I rather, I just kept it a little bit quiet. But great, great entertainer, Jasper Carrot. Um, oh, I yes, was, Jasper Carrot. He died, didn't he? He what? Did he die, Jasper Carrot? Oh, oh, maybe, but I don't think he did. I don't, I don't know. I don't know he, either. He just went quiet. No, no, that's, yes. that's, that's what happens when you die, I suppose. But yes. um, I don't know. I don't know if Jasper's dead or not, but I loved him. I loved Jasper, but he, he did go quiet for some reason. I think it's a choice, maybe. He didn't want to do it anymore. But he said, he, 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 I was doing a show one night and I said uh, to this, uh, all men, I, I said, um, uh, my, I, I do. I represent uh, this uh, children's home in Torquay and um, Sheffield. And if you are interested, they're looking for a, you know, for a, some a pony. You know, I'm going to try and raise some money for a pony. I don't want your money. I don't want the cash. But I would like you to send a check or two to Sheffield. Mm. Anyway, Jasper stood up and he said, "We'll do better than that. We'll raise the cash here. I'll take the cash. I'll send the check." And and that's what he did. He sent the check to Southfield, which bought a pony, a stable, a television, and all these things. Suddenly from out of oh. the room. And Jasper was responsible for that. How lovely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Really good. Really good. And I was, give something I, back, I suppose, in life is one of those yes, moments, isn't yes. it, of gratitude that you can't sort of, nothing can buy that, can it, Lenny? Not at all. Now, we do that within the Windsor Carriage Company. Some days we'll hear of um, two kids that have got nothing and they would like to go and see the Ferraris. And what we do is I'll pick them up in the Rolls Royce and, and set it up with their parents. Um, and we will take them to see the cars. You cannot believe these kids. That they're, they're, I mean, sometimes if the weather is good, we'll take them out in one of the cars or two of the cars. And because, because we want to do it, um, yeah. And it, yeah, it's our way of saying thank you anyway. We're very grateful. You know, we all are, we are really are grateful. It's, it's such a beautiful thing to do, but also it makes such a difference. We never really know, do we, what sort of difference we're making in somebody's life, even. For example, comedy, one of the greatest things I think about comedy, I was talking to somebody the other day, the ability to make people laugh. How does that make you feel, Lenny? Well, you can't explain it, really. You know, you're, you're on the stage, you're on the green, and it, and it works. I, 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 my audience are working within four seconds of me hitting the stage. Uh, and I always class myself as an entertainment insultant because I get out there and use people, but I don't destroy them. I have fun with them, you know. Um, and in America, it, it goes down big time. Um, and it goes down great here too. But, I mean, I don't work here in England. I've specialised in, in America. When did and, you go there? When did you move to America? Oh, I, I moved there about 10, 12 years ago, but I've been in and out of America for about 30 years. Ah, okay. So you've you've been working there sort of that length of time, but you actually lived um, in America yeah. as well, I, in I, Vegas. Yeah. I, I, uh, Victoria and I, we lived in Fort Lauderdale for a few years, uh, just outside of Miami, and that was fun. And then I started doing shows there, and that must have been 26, 27, 28 years ago. Um, but they weren't the right area shows. They were... Um, the condo circuit, which was great. Mm. Um, and there's lots of those condos all over Florida. And they they were open for people like me. And it was great. It's like the Catskill Mountains, but in Florida. And then everyone would say, you know, you've got to get to Vegas. And that was that was definitely what I did and what I had to do. Yeah. yeah I had to go. You've got to go. I remember one night I was I was invited to work with uh, Dina Martin, uh, Dean Martin's daughter. And uh, we were together one night doing the Dennis Bono show at the South Point in Las Vegas. And she said, I love your show. And I said, thank you, darling. And she said, I would like you to join me in my show, she said, Lenny, at the Smith Centre. 
no comedians worked the Smith Centre. And I thought, wow, yeah, I'll do that. So I came on as her guest at the Smith Centre and they only have singers. And I took this place apart. It was a wonderful night. And then after the show, she said to me, whereabouts are you in England, Lenny? And I said, forget it. You wouldn't know. She said, try me. And I said, I'm from Torquay in Devon. She said, in 1979, Lenny, my father, Dean Martin, sent me to Dartington. Dartington is a, is a prep school, which is five miles from where I live. She was there for one year. And the, he thought she was safe being in this school in Dartington. Yeah, yeah. But Dartington School itself in those days had the worst name on the planet for, oh, for being outrageous. They were allowed to dress how they wanted. They were smoked drugs. They, they did anything. Anyway, she loved it there. And when she was there for a year, and I was so surprised when she told me she, that's where she was. And when she came back, she was only 19 when she got back to America. Yeah. She had he had an affair with the, um, uh, oh, what's the actor? Oh, my word, I shouldn't really tell you, but it's in her biography. <laughs> Buy it. So it's, it's um, oh, I've forgotten his name. I'll, th I'll think about it in a minute. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm, it's gone. It's gone. But he was famous, big, big American star. And he was about 16. She was about 19. And then oh. she had. Yeah, she had this affair, and, and and it was funny, but I thought, wow, she's told me that, but that's a, probably a secret. And then I read it in her biography. It wasn't a secret. Oh, an open probably. secret, so to speak, yes. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's, she's great. She's really, really good. I've worked with her now a few times, and uh, she's got a great voice, great voice. And where is she now, in Vegas still? No, no, she's all over the place, but she uh, goes to Vegas three, four times a year. Mm. When I was in Tahoe, um, I saw advertise Frank Sinatra's brother. And I always looked, yeah, I always looked at that as being, you know, they're all hanging on to the celebrity. Yeah. Uh, and, and I called his show one night and it was terrible. And, and, and he was hanging on, you know, he was hanging on, he was... You know, I'm Sinatra's brother. So what? You know, you haven't got a very good voice. But um, um, Dina Martin has a great voice. You know, oh. she, she definitely was. Um, yes. Dean Martin's daughter, you know, you could, wow, magical, magical. I mean, what a sort of claim to fame, as they say. You know, Dean Martin and his daughter. It, it's phenomenal, really, when you think of these, you know, especially his voice was phenomenal, wasn't it? Absolutely. And then the Rat Pack, you know, there, yes. are, there are people in America now that go out as the Rat Pack. And, you know, there's the, the Sinatra there. They're great friends of mine, you know. Uh, these are guys, four of them, they go out as the Rat Pack. It's such a sellout show. They are, they are them. Sammy Davis Jr. is... This guy is better than Sammy Davis Jr. It's wonderful. You know, he was such a good singer, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, um, he was fantastic. I mean, I remember seeing him when he was uh, in on black and white television when he was with uh, Bruce Forsyth doing numbers together. Oh, I love. Oh him. yes, I, I saw um, a clip of that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was black and white, and there was the voice was absolutely incredible, and, and it. It's one of those voices that I found actually like Elvis, Lenny, where whatever mood I'm in, I can listen to it. Yeah. Robert Mitchum. Oh, that, Robert Mitchum. Yes, yes. That's who she had the affair with. Yes, he was an older gentleman, wasn't he? He were no spreading scandal on your, on your podcast. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Oh, <laughs> it's it's all very interesting and do you sometimes sit and think what a life I've led yes yes I do of course of course I mean I always keep going back to the prefabs um because that was my grounding and uh, never understand back in the prefab days why I wore a suit 
I just had to be different. And, and I wore a suit. And all my friends were scruffy and awful and, and loved them, loved them to bits. But I was the only idiot with a suit on. And it's funny, I don't know why I did it, but I'm always in a suit. I'm always but in a suit. But something about, it's a something about, it doesn't matter. It's, I think, I believe you're born with a particular style. I don't think you find it. I think no, it's something right. that's within you. They, I always think that when I look at people, I always used to wear odd socks and bright colored things. And even to this day, because I think it's a certain personality and character. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I love suits. And I wear suits in, in, in Las Vegas. And, and uh, you know, it's really hot out there. But I'm known for wearing a suit out there, you know, and I, I arrive in different suits. And, and, and uh, yeah, I get a, a good, nice stick for it. You know, love, you know, the Brits here, you know. Lenny's here. Lenny Windsor's here. <laughs> uh, the Brit, yes. Yeah. Now, Lenny Windsor, is that your stage name? Is that Or is that your real name? Well, no, it's my real name. I was christened Peter. Peter Leonard Windsor. And uh, my agent in the old days said to me, um, I used to go out as Pete West uh, um, as a stage name for about a year. And... Yeah. Um, and it was terrible. The name was terrible. Mind you, the act was terrible. So I, I went out as Pete West. Then my agent at the time said to me, your name is terrible. I said, oh, right. And he said, What's your, is that your real name? I said, no, it's, it's Peter Leonard Windsor. He still is staring you in the face. You're Lenny Windsor. And he's right. And so Lenny Windsor was born because I couldn't see. <laughs> I couldn't see it. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> But it is even the name Lenny Windsor. If you, if nobody had heard of you, for example, even the name itself speaks volumes somehow. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, mm. I, you, when you're younger in the business, you think of a name that can click, you know. And I used to think of all kinds of ideas, and you know, would that go well? Would that? But uh, sometimes it can be a little bit, you know. I know a Welsh comedian called Owen. Money, isn't that lovely? Oh, in so, money, yeah. He works for uh, a radio, uh, was it BBC Wales? And he's got his own t- a radio show, it's fabulous, <laughs> really good. Oh, in money, oh, in money, but even yeah. that in itself, I think a name really can be lucky or unlucky. Um, I remember when I was young and we had a new girl, you know, when the new person comes to school, and she said to me, Mimi. And we were only young. I think we were about 13. And she said, are you a stripper? I said, no, I'm not a stripper. She said, well, it sounds like a stripper. I said, bye. <laughs> a stripper at 13? I don't know. 13, so. yeah. She said, are you a stripper? I said, and she was the same age. Her name was Kim, I remember. I said, no. And she said, well, it sounds like a stripper's name. And then she said to me, I think one day you're going to do something in the arts. I said, really? And she was like one of those young people with an old soul and I said really and she said absolutely with a name like that you can't have an ordinary job and no, there you right. go <laughs> so and what then, have you done can I can I ask what you have done with your world well not as much as you of course Lenny yeah but um, I show off I'm showing off <laughs> no you know you don't show off not at all I I it's really a pleasure to listen to somebody like yourself who has done so much and is so effervescent in their joy of life, which is something that's missing, I think, these days. Is And that's why I absolutely adore people in the film industry. I was in the film industry for a long time. Okay. I did a lot of voiceovers. And um, then I decided to travel the world and decided to become an author. I was already a therapist, so I was teaching all over the place, um, different seminars and workshops, running retreats and writing books and writing guided meditations and meeting all sorts of people from deserts to mountains to, you know, wise sages and all of that. So that's the sort of thing yeah, that's sort of my line of work. And I got into doing this uh, about a year ago during lockdown. 
What was our last bit? Um, I got into podcasting about okay. a year ago now because um, my book distributor said, you need to do a podcast. <sighs> no, I'm not doing that. Yes, you do. You know some interesting people. You need to do a podcast and just put some fun and joy out there into the world along with everything else that you do. And then I resisted Lenny. And then one day I woke up and I thought, I'm doing a podcast. Great. Good, good. And that's how it started. And now that is all over the place, um, all over the world. And I have such a good audience of people coming back to me. So that's why I was so delighted um, that you have come on and, you know, granted us, you know, this beautiful presence of yours because I absolutely love hearing your stories and how you have lived the life of dreams by following, I think, your own dream. It's possible to live a life of, you know, joy and inspiration. Yeah. I, I just I just so feel lucky. That's all. Uh, luckiest person on the planet. On the planet. Oh. If I, you know, what I've... Um, I did Lenny Windsor at Windsor, the TV show, mine. And about a week later, my agent at the time was Malcolm Feld. He's no longer with us. I loved him. He called me and he said, uh, Benny's on the phone, Benny Hill. And he said he'd like to have lunch with you. And that was how we met. I had lunch with Benny. And it what cost- was he like, Lenny? He was great. He was really good. Uh, um, he was... Um, he was an introvert. He wasn't an extrovert. He was an introvert. Um, I had fun. Well, we had lunch, which I paid for. And in seven and a half years I was with him, he never bought me a drink or ever took me out for a meal. But he used to, yeah, I know. He used to, um, he was a tight ass, but he used to call me because uh, he knew I had a Rolls Royce. Because uh, I had a Rolls, I've had a Rolls Royce for over fifty odd years. I can, how lucky can you be? I've had a oh, Rolls all my life. I'm seventy five. Fifty of those years, I've had a Rolls or a Bentley. I know. Do you drive are, around now in Torquay with your Rolls Rolls Royce? Is that yeah, your day, everyday car? It's my day car. Yeah. Wow. How extravagantly <laughs> lovely! I go to Tesco's in it, my darling. <laughs> And do people look at you? Yeah, of course. People <laughs> stop me and say, Does, do you do weddings? I say, yeah, of course. Here's a card. You know, give me a call. <laughs> oh, that yeah, is but, so lovely. <laughs> so Benny, uh, Benny uh, saw me on the TV show and they put oh. us together and then we had a chat. And he said, I'd like you to write some bits for me. And I said, and I would like that too. And I was a young, I was a young comedian. And... Uh, I was so excited. My life is changing in all directions. And, um, and yeah, I started doing stuff for Benny. But, you know, I mean, this is not having to go with him, but I will. Um, uh, Benny screwed me like he screwed all his writers, um, most of them. Oh. He, yeah, I know. He was so much wealthy. What's his name? He had so much money. He didn't realise how much money he had, but he couldn't spend it, you see. He lived in a two-bedroom rented accommodation at Teddington. Near the With all that money, he lived like that? Yes. Did he have family, I, Lenny? No, no. He had mum and dad, who he adored, of course. Uh, but no, he never got married. Hmm. And in the time I was with him, he met a, a lady, well, before me, this one, and made a lady called Josie. And uh, he was... Uh, she rejected him and married someone else. But he spoke to her every week of his life for about 40 years. And he left her, they say, $30 million. Oh, my word. And I, I do a talk on Benny. When I do a, a, ship, a show on a ship, I'll do the main show in the theatre. Oh, then yeah. I do a, then mm. I do a nightclub show. And in between, on the sea day, I would do an hour's talk on Benny Hill. I must be the only person left alive now that's doing it because it was done by other artists uh, that worked on the show, but they've all gone, they've all passed now. 
So I think I've got to be one of the, probably the only one doing it now. But it goes well. It goes well on the, on the ships and it fills theatres, the, just the talk. It's amazing. Imagine that. I mean, he was worldwide, wherever you go, I know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. His biggest fan mail was, uh, fan club was in Las Vegas. and was in America. Yeah, yeah. Because wherever you go, whenever you say you're from England, they either say only fools and horses yeah, or yeah. Benny Hill and Mr. Bean. That's the, the three yeah. things you're guaranteed that everybody knows about. Or they or they'll start going, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know the song? Do you know the, the, the name of that song? No, they don't. It was it's uh, called Yakety Sax, and it was written by Booth Randall, American, American. And that one song could have retired him for the rest of his life. There was a little bald man on the show that Benny used to slap his bald head. Do you oh, the that? little one, the little one. Well, his name, I asked in the, in my talk, does anybody remember his name? In 30 years, only two people have ever got his name right. He was from, uh, from Belfast, and his name was Jackie Wright. And Jackie died, uh, and he had about $9 million in the bank. And so I think he's done so well. He's probably one of the very few of the show that made any money, apart from Benny. Bob Todd died penniless. Uh, Eamon McGee. Uh, oh, yes, I remember him. No money. They went into repertory after Benny died. They had nothing. Oh, but but the business was different then. Remember Terry Thomas? Terry Thomas was such a great British actor. Mm. And when, when he passed away, they had to have a whip around for his funeral. Isn't it sad? That is very sad. It's so sad. It is sad but when you business, hear about these things. Our business was different then. Uh, now, mm. today, you don't go to a, a new agent without your lawyer. You know, they're all, they've got finance guys working around you if you're big enough. You know, even if you're starting off yeah. in the business and you, you've got a future, you're going to go in with your team. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world now, I suppose. Different it, world. Is, is it, is it, would you say it's more cutthroat, Lenny? I don't know. All I do remember is that back in the day, the agents yeah. that looked after the acts were crooks. Yeah, you know, a lot of them were a lot of them were crooks. They used to steal from them. I remember working with Peters and Lee. Remember Peters and Lee? Yes, I remember Peters and Lee. He was blind and uh, died. Lived in uh, she lives in Western Superman, and she's got a dance studio now. But Is when she still alive? Yes, yeah, yes. When she when they were big, they were ginormous. Um, she, they were, when they were big, they were with this agent and Di Peters went to the agent and said, oh, well, can I draw some money out of the account because I want to buy a house? And he said, there's no money in your account. He said, we've been working for you for like 10 years. <coughs> topping the bill, excuse me, topping the bill on every venue, earning millions for you. Oh, he said, but you know, we hotels and expenses and parties she didn't have enough to buy a house oh, but the thing is she didn't know she didn't know she didn't know this you know uh, i mean us, that's incredible that she didn't know isn't it? i know exactly i agree with you i mean today i know exactly what the score is yeah i know it i know it i know mm. I, you know uh, i know my worth I know it every day yeah. because I, I'm interested in it and I yeah. follow and I invest and I do things and I do things and I, you know, yeah, I can't imagine anybody just sitting back on the laurels and going, oh, well, yeah, I didn't know I had nothing. My God. My goodness, an agent. I mean, you, you hear all sorts of stories about agents and music agents oh. as well and actors' agents and some real horror stories but in this day and age Lenny is it still important to have a good agent yeah it is you can't you, on your name is, alone. You, you can't sell yourself you, yeah. you can't sell yourself better than an agent you can't yeah. otherwise it, you're, you're selling yourself and it doesn't sound right absolutely oh, yeah. I'm good I, I can do this I, no no you can't do that it's got to be presented right 
you know, my my agent that's, uh, that I'm, I've just gone with, oh, she, is, she sounds, and, and I know her of past. I just wanted to get with her, and she 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 wants me, which is good. But mm. she is such a great business lady, and and she wanted reels, my show reels, just right. So I had to invest in a in, <clears throat> in, a, in a, a studio in London that would edit some of the reels for me. That they're just perfect. They're on they're on my website. You can click on there and have a look at the reels, my mm. show reels, uh, the ones that we thought would present well. You know, and and you know she knew exactly. She knows exactly what she needs to sell the product. And that is, it's a relief in some ways in this day and age, especially because it's such a tricky business. And especially what we've been going through in the past sort of however many months, eighteen months, it must be quite satisfying to find somebody who is able to get you out there still. Yeah, you're right. Especially mm. my age. But then I look at the other way. You know, uh, Don Rickles was 96 when he died, uh, which was he was a great. He was the, the you know the the Americans' uh, greatest insultant in the world. Uh, I loved him from an early age. I loved Don Rickles. I met him twice. He was wonderful. I, I watched him work probably six months before he passed away. Um, he had a 32-piece orchestra at um, uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, and a 32-piece orchestra just to play him on. And, and he, he was in a wheelchair because he was so old. But he was so good. He was so good at 96. Oh, my God, he was killing this crowd. 96. I know. So, you know, in America, you know, that's mm. where my forte is American and American audiences. At 75, I'm still a young guy. In, in England, I think, uh, 75, uh, you know, you should have retired 10 years ago. I don't think so. No, not at all. I mean, in America... It's a completely different mindset. And, and and it's a lot of my work, my books and my music is predominantly, I have to say, in America. That is the fan base is there. But because they are somehow, I have to say, more open to many things. Here, it's a little bit sort of restricted with age and things, but not just with age, with anything. It's sort of stiff upper lip and everything. But over there, people are much more open. Sure. I mean, you can see, uh, you know, you can read every day about agents out there, you know, saying, you know, they are, you know, like uh, I think Britney Spears' dad is, is an example of how he controlled her for about 10 or 12, 13 years. And and I could never work out that that law, you know. I could never work out yeah. the law. He that was around her having to do what her dad wanted because the law said he had to. She had to. Couldn't work that out. Yeah, I read a little bit about that. I'm not really familiar with the story no, in its I'm... entirety, but um, yeah, there are some really dire things. I mean, I remember the Osmonds. The story that surrounded them as well, you know, that was quite a story in its time. Yeah, mm. it, yeah. I, I think well, these are these these names are ginormous names. Mm. You know, they're they're all A list, aren't they? You know, it's it's fantastic, really. I, I was looking, Lenny, at all the um, people. Well, a, a, a small list, I'm sure, of the people that you have appeared with people like Gloria Gaynor and the Supremes and Roy Orbison. Yeah. How fantastic. Well, absolutely. I was at uh, Malcolm Feld, was my agent, is not here anymore. Mm -hmm. I was at his house, uh, apartment, and Gloria, uh, we went out for a dinner, uh, and Gloria and her husband and one of you, and she pulled out this cassette. She said, listen to this. And she replayed it at dinner. Uh, she had a little cassette player, and it was... Um, um, I am what I am. I am, I am. It wasn't released. It wasn't released. And we heard it at the dinner table in London. And uh, she said it's been released in a couple of months. It went to number one and got all over the world. And, and I was lucky to be there on the night of that happening. 
Amazing. 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 I mean, a moment in history. Yeah. And that Benny was there. Oh, it's funny. It's really good. But, was well, he friendly? Was Benny friendly? Yes, he was. Yeah. He was sad. He was really sad. You know, mm. he never found love, you see. He fell in love with this girl who was uh, 28. And mm. he was he was getting on a bit. And uh, <coughs> I'm 50 off. And um, they looked like they were an item. It was going good for him and her. And she was an actress and she went to, she got a film part, you know, offered a film part in Spain. So she went to Spain to do the film. But out there, she fell in love with El Cordobas, the world's greatest bullfighter. Oh, dear. And, and that's how I saw Benny. Little to the left-hand side is short, fat Benny Hill. And to the right is El Cordobas, the greatest bullfighter and sexiest man on the planet. And, and suddenly. Who's going to win here? Well, nobody won because she came back after a year because it didn't work out. And Benny never spoke to her again until five oh. days before he died. It was sad. He was heartbroken by that. Oh, dear. But he just didn't have it. He just didn't have it. You know, it was some people are born that way, not to have any anybody in their life with them, you know. But it's Benny true. was, yeah. I've worked with people that, you know, that, that uh, worked with Benny, and they said he was really weird. Uh, but, <coughs> excuse me, um, I don't, um, I never found him a bit weird. Well, I found him a bit odd, but I never found yeah. him weird. But I maybe, he was, maybe he was weird with ladies, but he wasn't weird with me. He was after my yeah. girlfriend. My girlfriend he was, was, oh. was, a, was a dancer. She was beautiful. She was with me for 12 years. And uh, he was always trying to, trying to pull her. And, and if I went away for a few minutes, he would he would offer her, you know, like a, his wealth and, and, you know, just for him to be with her for a few hours and all this kind of stuff. He was a, he was a naughty boy. That but, was very naughty. And I know that um, he had, what would they call, was it the Hills Angels? Hills Angels, yeah. What happened to them? Oh, no, they just... You know, it, it was only Hills Angels for the show. Uh, actually, uh, there was a girl in the show called Sue Upton um, who joined the show when she was about 14 or 15, 15 or 16. And there's no question, he, he fancied her. Mm. Uh, uh, but she didn't want to know, but he kept her. And uh, she got married to a painter and decorator, which was good because Benny never paid for anybody to do anything. So he didn't pay for him to paint his house. And he loved Sue Upton and her couple of kids. And I think Sue Upton's children were the first to go into the Benny Hill show when they were kids. Oh, uh, okay. And, yeah, and it was great. And Sue became a comedy actress. And she was really, really good in the show. She was so good. And she was, of course, part of the Hills Angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, did, uh, did any of them go on to... Um be sort of stars in their own right or did they sort of just go into sort of as they say uh, well one of, them, of one, of them became, one of them became a ginormous star in america she was in frazier and she played the part of the english girl in frazier oh really yes now she was in the benny hill show for only about six or seven weeks and benny pounced on her and she left the show because of his advances. And she, oh. borrowed money. she borrowed money from her dad, went to America, and she gets more fan mail than Fraser. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that amazing? It, it, that, well, that was a good move on her part. It was what? That was a good move on her part, wasn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Remarkable. What a story. I know. I know. If I sit down long enough, I've been uh, working on a book for 10 years. I don't think I'll ever finish it. It's called A Windsor That's Not a Royal. And it's oh, my. Oh, on. When is that going to be completed? It's then? never, never going to be. It's, it's my life using Prince Charles as my comparison. Mm -hmm. Well, there is no comparison. <laughs> we just got similar names. Yes. And the book, the book starts. 
Oh, well, why, why can't you do this book? It's going to be a bit. I don't know. I seem, to, I seem to be always so busy and I get onto it a little bit and then I give up on it. There's a file on it, but I never get around to doing it. Um, I don't know. I don't you could know. get somebody to help you. You could get. People. You're right. No, you're right. No, because it's. You're right. You're right. There's only an area in my life. I know what I've done in my life, and it's the 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 book is is quite easy to write. Although the research has to be done on Charles. So, like for instance, the book starts at three. Prince Charles was being groomed to be the king. Then it goes to me. At three, my mother, being Maltese, wanted a daughter, dress me as a girl, and I was being groomed to be a queen. Was your mum really Maltese? Yeah, yeah. Mum arrived here after the war with my father, who was in the Air Force, and he uh, brought her to Newton Abbott, this, this medieval market town, and she was the only foreign person in the town. Hmm. She didn't speak any English, uh, but she spoke six other languages. So eventually, not too long, she started to speak English. And then she got a job as an interpreter with the police after the war. And then after that, she became a nurse for 30 odd years. She was very sharp. She was a great lady. She was great. Oh, and how many brothers did you have, Lenny? I have. I had two brothers. Uh, <coughs> um, Reg, who is still alive, and Tony, my younger brother, passed about three years ago. Oh, and you didn't uh, have any sisters? No sisters, no. Mm. I've got granddaughters now. I've got three granddaughters, oh. six, six grandchildren. And how many children do you have? Three? Three boys. Three boys. Wow. And you have your delightful wife, Victoria. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Now, my my three sons are my best friends. I mean, totally my best friends. And my daughter-in-law is like a daughter. Um, She is, we run the Windsor Carriage Company together. It's great. She is great. Love it to bits. And um, very lucky for my family. You know, it's really good. I think it's wonderful when you have a business and the whole family is involved. It's such, I think it's such a blessing, actually, to be able to be in that position. Yeah, and we are very lucky, but we've got a building company, you see, as well. Have it's you? A, big, a massive building company, yeah. Oh, so what, do you build houses or yeah, do you do renovations? Yeah, well, well, my three sons work from an office in Paynton in Devon. And uh, also that's where the Windsor Carriage Company, because that can run from anywhere, it can run from a kitchen or even a toilet. Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's all internet based. But um, the the property side of it is uh, is run from uh, Paynton. We've been building for about 30 years and we rent. We just rent. We don't sell. Ah, okay, okay. And what else was I? And you said that your wife is a teacher. Yeah. And at the moment, she's obviously not working, um, but accompanying you on your little daily adventures. Um, Well, only these the the gym and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's really good. I don't mind her actually not working because um, it's it's just good. It's good. I think it's lovely to have a companion to be able to do things with. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I would have done nuts uh, had I been on my own. Exactly. I mean, at least she's there and, you know, she can keep you company and you can have little adventures together. I think that's important to have somebody in life to sure. do that with. Sure, absolutely. I agree. And what are your plans <laughs> now, Nenny? Where are you? You mentioned something about... Um, cruise ships what are you what what's on the yeah i put myself out free free to go back i was years with all the big companies uh, for 40 years in and out of ships as well as being las vegas so i will probably venture back into uh, headlining on some of the ships and uh, that's what i'll do predominantly american audiences but i don't mind the brits either but i mean um, that, I, I'm freed up. I freed myself up the 23rd of uh, September, and that will. Um, and then I want to be back here for um, December and Christmas. Then I'll go away for. 
after Christmas if they want. And then, how long uh, is the cruise for? How long is oh, oh it, it depends. You know, I could be on a ship for five, six days, then move to another ship five, six days. You know, that that kind of Ah, oh, okay. Okay. It it's a cruise, and we were talking about earlier. I mean, for me, water isn't my thing, I have to say, but do you enjoy doing these cruise ships? I do, yeah. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, also, and I've got about 60,000 books to sell, you know, that have been in my garage for 20 months. You've got so, 60,000 books? Uh, yeah, to sell. You know, I, I, bought, I bought, buy them in bulk. Well, if I can't, if I'm not working, I'm not selling them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I take them with me, you know, book of insults. And they're great. They go down so well. So... Uh, you know, go back on ships. I can sell a book again. Get rid of that. My garage, my garage's full of books. <laughs> well, what? A, absolutely. What a delight you are, really, to have you here. I really am so grateful to you, Lenny, for coming on and sharing such treasured moments of your life. It's my with pleasure. Us. It's, a joy, it's, it's a joy talking to you. Oh, I, it, it's. Uh, I would love to know more about what you do and Benny Hill and. All of that, it's it's really such an interesting, and although some stories are, are sad, I'm sure, but it, there is a joy in it. You know, you're such a good storyteller. Thanks. Mm. <laughs> now, I want to ask you, for people out there who want to find out more about you and want to find out about your work or if they want to see you, where can they do that, Lenny? No, they can't, really. Uh, you know, that it's difficult. Get on my website, you know, lennywindsor.com, lennywindsor.com, and have a look at the website and see what's going on. But, um, um, you know, the, the work value, the work volume and value is not here in England. Yeah. Um, so it's either my conditions. You see, I have said to you before, if the conditions are not right, I don't want to know. So, but the conditions are always right on a cruise ship. They're fabulous. Big theatres. Yeah. Yeah, they're always right in, in Las Vegas or in America. They're all great. So, mm. you know, unless you're willing to travel, that, that's how it is. I'm afraid. But, it's not but there's like people out in in the states that listen to this um, show, so I'm sure that they can somewhere along the line also find out because your website is actually very informative. There's quite a lot of things on there. Yeah, we keep adding to it. We keep yeah. adding website. Um, yeah, they can always find me on Facebook. I'd like that. And you can too, if you want. Are you on my Facebook? Yes, I'm on your Facebook. Better. You better be. That's all I can say. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and give us a couple of lines. I always ask my guests for something that has helped you in your life that, you know, words of wisdom. If you can't say something nice about someone, Say it. <laughs> and, oh, and always to have that air of comedy and laughter in our life. Of course. What a joy. What a joy it must be to have provided and to keep providing people with so much laughter in their lives. It's a, really a blessed job. Yeah, it is. And I've really, all I've done is stolen it from the people I used to watch on television, you know, like uh, Arthur Askey I worked with and Arthur was wonderful and um, some of the great names, some of the great names that were there and they made me laugh and I wanted to do it and I'm doing it. I'm lucky. I'm Fun. so lucky. Really, really blessed and, you know, they say count your blessings and it, it, it is really true because when you look at all the things that you've done, there must be some true serenity in your heart that you are following that dream of yours, even to this day. Yes, you're quite right. I am. I am, and I'm very grateful. Listen, thank you so much for involving me on your podcast. <laughs> thank um, you, Lenny. I wish you so much. And, and if you want to do it again, you can. You're welcome to at any time. And down the road, if you can't find anybody to fill in your little space, give me a shout. Lenny's always... You can come back anytime. I want you back at any time that you would like because there's so much more that we can hear and that we can bring a smile to our face. You certainly can. You're always welcome, Lenny. 
拜拜拜拜拜拜拜拜拜。Lenny Windsor, what a remarkable man! Amazing life story. Thank you so much to all of you for always joining me and my beautiful guests. Sending you lots and lots of love. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music, and inspirational work, take a look at her website www.miminovik.co.uk.